Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sad Dan Friends. My name is Diego. This is episode four with a good old friend of mine from the Navy. His name is Matthew. Say hello, Matthew. Hey, how's it going? It's going, brother, man. I just want to say that I really appreciate you for coming on to this this week's episode. It means a lot to me, man. And after all these years, I think it's it's amazing that we're still able to to be in touch and now we're in each other's lives but in a different journey man because you know we're both in the navy we're both on the same ship and now look at us man we're both dads holy shit that is crazy and i am honored to be here i'm honored to be able to speak on this cast with you really privileged honestly man it really means a lot to me so just for the audience to get a better understanding, so Matthew and I, we both met back in 2014. Uh, he was actually my sea daddy. <laughs> Matthew was my sea daddy. He was the one who taught me the ropes and showed me the tricks of what it was like to be in the real Navy, not that boot camp uh, training bullshit. It's the real life shit. And so when I met Matthew back in 2014, he was a stepdad. And unbeknownst to me, I mean, I I didn't even know what that was even going to look like uh, on my end, right? But talk to me, Matthew. How 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 was that journey for you, man? Like, talk to me. How how did you and April meet? And and how did you end up becoming a stepdad, dude? Like, holy shit. So it ended up, you know, fresh to the boat. Don't really have that many friends. Didn't really have a whole lot going on. You didn't really want to hook up with Navy females. Just in my eyes, I didn't because I heard like the horror stories. So instead of, you know, that option, I went with the next option of let's go ahead and use uh, dating apps. And so downloaded plenty of fish, found April. Mindset was going in for a smash and dash. Well, as the night progressed, we got completely hammered, and well, no consent is no consent, and alcohol does not give consent. So, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning, and her daughter just woken up, crying, sad, scared, and next thing I know, I'm sitting there, 24 girl in my arms, and falling asleep, fell in love with the kid. Now, this was back in 2013? Yeah. 2013. Holy shit. And how old was your stepdaughter at the time? Two. Holy shit. She was two years old, dude. Oh, my God. So, she was two, and you have this two-year-old telling you, cuddling with you, and, and, and wanting to be in your arms, and... Like that must have been a shock, dude. Like that 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 must have instilled in you like some fatherly instincts, huh? Yes and no. Um, I was always really good with those little kids. I mean, quite personally, I never really thought to be a parent myself, be a dad. But you know, as the time progressed on, well, not even two weeks later, we're walking along the Walmart over in Bremerton, and you know. I just went down another aisle, that's when I was getting like body focuses, getting shampoo and conditioning. And, you know, I could hear Sarah Bell, she's asking, like, where's daddy at? She's obviously talking to me because it's a biological dad. 
wasn't really around. He would only show up occasionally. Mm-hmm. And it was that. Looks like I'm in this little long hole. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. So, so you're a stepdad while you're in the Navy, right? And we experienced, you and I, we both experienced, fuck, all those all those fucking underways, man. We were out to sea for weeks at a time, days at a time, months at a time. How did you how did you manage that, man? Like talk to me about how it was being a part of this new family and now essentially having to be ripped away every single fucking time, dude. In the beginning it was you know it was an adventure. It was a little bit of a learning curve. But, you know, as time went on, started to see more and more of her progress and then becoming more of a toddler than she was, or more of a child than she was a toddler. Started to get harder and harder, especially towards, like, the end, you know, pulling me out of 16 deployments was probably the roughest one. Because I mm-hmm. remember you're watching so much change and there's just really nothing you can do. You're just in and out. Communication sucks. You're watching your kid grow up via pictures. And, like, they, April could send a picture Monday, and you don't receive a picture until Friday. Yeah. And you so much during the week. Lost communication. It's not like we can just go hide somewhere and make a quick phone call. It just doesn't work like that in the office. So it was extremely rough and I had a lot of falling outs, a lot of anger, a lot of benders, you know, just you name it. I was going wild. You know what man? I know exactly I know exactly how you felt in twenty sixteen but not until twenty eighteen when when we started going out to sea again. After, uh, what was it, the Pia or whatever? Oh, yeah, Pia. Yeah, Pia, there you go. Um, I feel you, man. Nothing is harder than seeing your daughter or your son be raised through pictures and videos, man. So, my daughter was born in 2017, July. And we were still in Pia. Nothing was... Nothing was too crazy. I mean, we weren't going out to sea at any point soon. But it wasn't until we started going out to sea again, man, that that shit fucks with you, dude. That shit is fucking demoralizing. Having to say goodbye, seeing your kids be raised through a computer screen, and then coming back home to essentially a new family every single fucking time, dude. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, no one prepares us for that shit, bro. No, not at all. They always just tell you, well, it's part of your life. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't fucking be, man. But both you and I, I'm sure you can agree that every single time that we would come back home, you would essentially have to relearn who your child is because you don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, every single time. And the easiest example I can give you is I always liked watching wrestling, like, you know, WWE, AEW, things like that. Mm-hmm. AEW wasn't a thing at the time. So mainly WWE, Impact, um, and 
I like to, you know, imitate those little moves, you know, in a safe way, protect the head, protect the neck, cough with it around. Mm-hmm. One time I was in court, that was fine. Next time I think it was after uh, either Comtrex or Sustainix, but the three month one with the insert in there. Oh yeah. And you know, I was like, "Oh, you can play," and she's like, "I don't like this anymore." It was just like, "Oh, so we can't even do the simple like playing around anymore." And that's how you guys bonded. Yeah. Wow. And so now, now you have another kid, man. Yeah, Atticus. Atticus, holy shit! So he's he's your flesh and blood, right? Mm-hmm. And how old is he now? He's five. He's five. And so you had him when you were still in the navy, right? Yeah, but I was on shore duty. Shore duty. And for those, uh, for those, uh, um, for the for the audience that doesn't understand what shore duty is, it's essentially when, as a sailor, we're no longer required to be on the ship, but we're still active duty, serving our time on land. Okay, so you were at you were shore duty, and so at that point, man, you got to enjoy the whole nine yards, man. How was how was your guys' pregnancy? I wouldn't say it was a bad one. I mean, it did have its downsides because April was considered high. Oh fuck. Um, high risk. High risk pregnancy. Yes, thank you. She had gestational diabetes. Uh, oh shit. The blood clot. So she was taken racinacil. So every day, like clockwork, I was having to give her a shot in her stomach and different locations because it was a blood thinner to help ensure that she didn't create a blood clot. Um, you know, so medically it was kind of like, oh shit, you know what I mean? But yeah, aside from that, I mean, cravings were funny. Fucking Tostino pizza rolls and pickled okra. <laughs> the most random that sounds kind of yummy. I actually, not gonna lie. I I say give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I can't complain. The only downside that we even ran into was uh, fucking April fracturing her toe and her ass at the same time. Oh my god! On the fucking staircase, and so April just sliding down the stairs, and there was. Like, first thing in the morning, and she checked on a fucking book, and, you know, thankfully she goes backwards, but still, it was a situation that we didn't need to have happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, oh my god, I can't even imagine how scary that must have been. But, aside from that, pretty easy time. Okay, so now, Matthew, I'm, I'm sorry if this sounds really really personal and and if you don't want to talk about it i completely understand man but prior to you guys having aj did you guys suffer um a miscarriage by any chance i believe once or twice and how was that man you want to talk about that i know it was rough on april more so than me I was good with that mindset, but I was probably never going to have my own kids. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, again, you know, the constant, like, mindset of nothing's ever going to go your way. Right. It's not like we didn't strive for those five years. I mean, minus the time that we were in and out of it, too. It was my entire five years on the boat was constant strive. Practice, no success. Yeah. And there's times that there were, but never lasted. It was just like, my point, like in the second time, was just like, I just respected it. It was never going to happen. And so, how far along was April each time? Only not even a full month. Okay. It would be something, like, I think we went about almost eight weeks. And then the pain started in the stomach, and then just everything went downhill from there. Mm. About both halves. Look, man, um, I know that you probably feel like it wasn't, not that it wasn't a big deal, but you probably feel like it shouldn't have affected you as much because you didn't actually go through it, man. But going through a miscarriage as a dad, man, it's it's got its own challenges too, bro. I mean, you have that expectancy that everything's going to go fine and and you're all happy dandy about the pregnancy itself. And next thing you know, it feels like, you know, whatever's up above us, whatever's a higher power than us is just shooting us down and, and just saying, fuck no. Right. And it sucks, dude. It fucking sucks. I mean, I don't know how many more miscarriages you've experienced, man, but in my entire life, I've experienced, like, if we're talking about miscarriage, miscarriage, and what I mean, what I mean by that is, like, whatever's considered, you know, four weeks plus, I've experienced at least 18 miscarriages in my own life, man. And it hasn't been easy. Um, this last miscarriage uh, was actually probably the, the toughest of them all. Um, she was probably eight weeks pregnant or nine weeks pregnant, eight or nine weeks pregnant. And we ended up having a topic pregnancy. Um, and... Essentially what that is, is her, the embryo was attached in the fallopian tube. It was in her right fallopian tube, if I remember correctly, and it was attached there, and it was growing. And it got to the point where her fallopian tube almost ruptured before they had to surgically remove it. Um... So that was my last miscarriage. My baby got completely ripped out. Our baby got completely ripped out from us. And it's, it's, um, it's hard, obviously, for the woman. I can't even begin to imagine. I have witnessed what that does, what that has done to her how that has made her feel and it's challenging for the dad as well 
it's obviously on a completely different scale, completely different level. But when you're in the hospital and your wife is undergoing surgery and the doctor comes out, man, to tell you that they had to remove her fallopian tube and then they show you pictures because they took pictures of my wife while they were doing the surgery. Uh, they took pictures of her fallopian tube and the inside of her body and what it all looked like. And when I had this doctor come out to me to the waiting room and sit down next to me and tell me that they had to remove my baby. I fucking cried, Matthew. I fucking cried. And to this day, it's still so fucking hard for me because my baby was fucking, our baby, our baby was ripped out, was completely surgically removed. And I just don't want you to feel like, how can I put this? I want you to honor the miscarriages that you have. Think about that. Have you ever thought about honoring your miscarriages? I have not, to be completely honest with you. I... So, for me, I can't, I, I can, I can, I can talk about my situation all fucking day long, bro. And I can have my therapy sessions as, you know, once a week, every fucking week. But that, at the end of the day, that shit's not going to help me, man. What has helped me more, I've noticed, is what's called art therapy. And essentially, that's basically channeling your emotions into art, whether that's painting, drawing, music, you know, whatever you call it, whatever you do. Um, and I honored my 18 miscarriages by doing this charcoal painting with this charcoal drawing with 18 of 18 embryos at different stages. And I put that on a piece of paper, man. And I put that on a piece of paper and I have it hung up in the living room. Because those are my 18 dead babies. And my wife shared this one story with me. This might resonate with you. It might not. You tell me. But my wife told me the story of how... Essentially, it goes along with how your baby knows when it's time and when it's not time, but it's always the same baby. It's never a different baby. It's always the same soul of that child that is trying to come into this world. And my very first miscarriage ever was back in 2022. And we were going to name him Emiliano. 
my first miscarriage was in April of 2022. And we had our miscarriage. And months go by, and my wife is getting her nails done by this one lady, and her, this lady tells her the story of how it's never a different kid. It's always the same kid who's trying to come back. And the reason why they leave is because it's not the right time. And so my son Emiliano has tried to come to this world 18 fucking times, man. 18 fucking times, bro. And it's just hasn't been his luck. It hasn't been his time. And I shit you not, Matthew, every single fucking time that we have, that we're pregnant, I always think it's a boy. And I'm always hoping it's a boy and I always think it's a boy. I always know it's a boy. And I keep thinking to myself that it's Emiliano. I want you to honor your babies, man. However, whatever that looks like, bro. I want you to... Whatever, man. If it, you know, if if you gotta play guitar or sing a song, I don't know, man. Whatever the fuck it is that you do, honor them, man. That works too. <sighs> so, so then you had AJ, and now. How did you feel having AJ and raising AJ compared to raising your stepdaughter Sarah Gollum? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there was a lot of guilt revolved around that because you got to actually spend time with your son compared to your daughter, right? Oh, absolutely. First words, first steps, songs, greetings, you know, people look at it as just like, oh, it's just a pretty girl, it's just nice, and it's different whenever, you know, yeah, I wasn't there for Sarah Bella's first two, almost three years, but it was just things that I didn't get to do with AJ that I know I didn't get to do with Sarah Bella. Like, I could actually be home for her first, his first day of kindergarten. Well, they call it PK, but it's basically just pre-K. And I got to be home for that. Yeah. I see him off onto the bus carrying X, Y, and Z, you know. Like, different. And you're just sitting here just like, sorry, I couldn't do that for you. But I just had to do what I had to do with regards to that family. And, you know, it's not a valid excuse. It's just the only other one I have. And... I know she has resentment in there. I don't blame her. That's part of what it is, right? I just wish that I could have been more active. You know, I feel bad for all those times that you come home, like, pent up with anger and rage from the bears that, you know, you're not trying to say it because your son is disgusting. You just snap. And you're just, like, angry. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. Oh, fuck. And now... And now would you say that you have a better relationship with your daughter? Or do you feel like things are kind of shaky because of the Navy? I don't think it's just because of the Navy. It's only different because I know if she wants to do this, she wants to hang out with her friends, or if she wants to do this, she's gone. You know, usually teenagers do. Yeah, because I mean, shit, dude. When when I when I first met you, she was she was barely three years old or turning three, man. Now she's what thirteen, fourteen, twelve. Thirteen. Holy shit! Ten years, bro. Ten years. That is wild. I still can't believe the fact that she's that old now, dude. That is crazy. Yeah, she likes to laugh about the fact that she's about as tall as me and April because we both stand at the gate height of five foot six. No. <laughs> oh, dude. She's gonna be taller than us. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. Oh man, so so Cerebellum's dad, I mean, have, how is, do you have a good co-parenting relationship with him? Is, is the guy a good guy? Like, t- talk to me about that. So when I met April, she was actually living with a roommate who was also a baby mama of one of her kids. Mm-hmm. And for the first few times that he would come around, she would let him know when I was on duty because obviously I voiced it to April and then she would overhear. And see, the dude only liked to show up when I was on duty. Mm. I don't know what his intentions are. Like, hey man, I just want to be around when you're here. But I don't know what your intentions are. Are you actually here to see the kid? Because I know I came by and you were in the bedroom with, you know, this other person. Right. Was I okay with baby mama? Well, I didn't know what his intentions were. And I called him out on it. I didn't get angry. I didn't get violent. I didn't make it like the cops need to be called or anything. I just really looked at him. I was just like, you want to be here, be here when I'm here too. Show some respect. And then after that conversation, that happened like November of 2013. Yeah. Holy shit. Not, yeah, I haven't seen him since, dude. Nope. April still has the same phone number. He's never changed it. Oh my god, and how does Cerebellum feel? I don't know. I mean, she has asked questions about him. And the only thing I can say is, I never told him that he can't come around. I never told him, hey, look, fucker, you're going to quit coming around. This is mine now. Nothing like that. I just asked for him to respect my wishes and only be around whenever I'm around. Yeah. We give her everything that she asks for. We do everything that we can to make sure that she's happy. But it's impossible to make a teenager happy because all they want to do is what they want to do. Right, right, right. And it's not like we ever try to hide the fact that, like, if you want to reach out to him, it's fine. I just want you to not get your hopes up and expect greatness from someone that didn't want to be with you in the first place. And quit coming around on his own accord. 
Well, at least, you know, you guys have definitely done your fair share of the end, man. Like, it's not like you guys are keeping her away from him. Yeah. Use your options and your availabilities. Uh, we have no reason to hide anything. We have no reason to sit here and say no. Right. But, I mean, last time we saw, you already had four kids. No, and that was back in 2013. So. Jesus Christ. So. Unless he got a snip snip done, he's probably got many more. Right. Like, this dude's clearly an arm it. There's little gingers out there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with gingers. Nothing wrong with gingers. Just. <laughs> so this asshole here. But, no. One of my greatest friends is ginger. Oh, shit, man. So. So now. You have two kids, and I'm sure that because of your experience of having both children, how has that affected your relationship currently now with your parents? I mean, I'm sure that you appreciate them more, right? I mean, like, like how can, how, how has that relationship developed since having kids of your own? It's gotten even better. Like, I never can say I had, like, the rockiest, but fuck do I owe them. I fucking put them through some shit. Like, my mom, she didn't deserve what she fucking got from me, and my stepdad definitely didn't deserve the fucking way that I was towards him. Like, he's such a great fucking guy. I I owe them so much for everything that they've done for me. You know that's that's one that's one thing I definitely can't emphasize enough that I remember I remember when I was raising both of my kids um, that I really my whole relationship with my mom changed man that whole relationship changed completely because I now understood exactly what it was that she had gone through to a sense in a degree, um, as far as raising a child, like, I finally understood how much of a dick I was to her, (laughs) and how much of an asshole, and, like, how much more appreciation I had for her because of everything that she did, man, like, my mom, man, she's, she's, she's my fucking rock, dude. Fuck. So, you know, can I can I share something with you, Matthew? Go ahead. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but um, when I was when we were both in the Navy, um, after Pia, when we were starting to head out to sea, there were. Maybe a couple of times, man. There were probably a couple of times when I contemplated jumping off the ship, bro. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't bear the thought of not being there with my kids any, with my, with my kid anymore, with my family anymore, and, and 
whenever I would be manned up at bow safety, over in the bow, the very front of the ship, for those who don't know what the bow is, um, I contemplated it, man. I really did. And I don't know if you remember him. Do you remember Strong? Yeah. Yeah, so he actually uh, knocked some sense into me several times because, you know, same work center, didn't really have other dads to really talk to other than the ones who were in my work center at the time. Because um, he was also a fairly new dad, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep, he was. And so it was that kind of, I guess, camaraderie, but on the same level, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I completely understand. I'm Did you ever go through anything like that, man? No. Um, mainly because I know what it does to your parents. I know what it does to your family. It was 2017. My brother, Shannon, you know, like, taking his own life. And... Mm. This was right before I left the boat that I had to go back home, be with my mom, my other brother, and my dad, and I was just nothing. I'm so fucking sorry, bro. It's all right, man. It's in the past, and as much as I wish I could get an answer, you'll never get an answer. And so my views on suicide is just not something that you should ever put an end to. Yeah. What it did to my stepdad. It kind of made my dad more like distant from us, mm-hmm. but also still like he wants to be there, but control controls in his own ways. And yeah, it, him being the one that had to grab my mom and pull her back inside as. You know, she lays her eyes upon her fucking son dead in the backyard. It's like, that's selfish asshole. But also, I don't know what demons he thought he was fighting that he had to experience that from this person, so. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you next, man. Like, I was going to ask you if you if you knew what was going on with your brother or if he had left a note or something, man. So he did leave a note. My mom and dad never let us see it. I don't know what it exactly said. My mom said it was basically just bullshit. He was just wanting to know what was next for him. And so this was the quickest and easiest way to find out. But my personal opinion, he got out of the Navy as a BMC, went back to our hometown, and went back into something that I would have done if I didn't create a family. Because, you know, he he did get married, and him and his wife divorced. It was the day that the divorce was completely finalized that he did this. Oh, my God. I don't think he could take the adjustment from being a BM in the Navy, you know, having all those friends, all those people, like the camaraderie, to going back home to dealing with, you know, little potheads, little pill poppers, little... People that aren't your people anymore. Because let's be fair. 
how easy is it for you to actually fully sit head to head with someone who's been a civilian their entire time and you listen to them oh man it's been so hard working this x y and z job and you're sitting here thinking did you know what the fuck i had to do i was perceived yes it is a fucking tool but also kind of bullshit honestly dude i can't i i okay it's been one, two, three, four, five. It's been, it's going to be five years this year that I've been out of the Navy, man. And I still cannot to this day relate to civilians. I just don't fucking get it, man. It's maybe it's all the fucking brainwashing that they did to us. You name it, whatever the fuck it is. But I just can't relate, man. I can't sympathize with civilians, man. I just, I just can't. It just doesn't click. And when I see another veteran, it's like we're brothers from, from fucking ever. Like, there's this one guy who I found out was a veteran in my classroom because I'm going to class. I'm taking classes and I found out he's a veteran. And I treat him like you, like 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 I've known him for years, and and we're just talking and shooting the shit like nothing, you know. And homeboy's in a was in a completely different branch, you know. He was in the army, but that doesn't stop us from treating each other like with that, like you said, camaraderie, man. And it, it's just something that we don't have, or some people don't have in the real world once they get out. Right. life with other ADs, ICs, hell, I even have, like, good friends that are ECs, and mm-hmm. no matter what, you can just sit there and just shoot the shit, like, the mindless, stupid bullshit of, like, you know, what's a good story that you have? They'll tell it, then I'll give them my story, and, you know, it's always, like, it's just a good time and a good experience, and it, no matter who it is, it's the camaraderie's just there. It clicks better. And don't get me wrong, I do have a few good civilian friends, but their hardships aren't what, in my mind, I see as like real hardships. And it's like, that's just me being numb to. I'm sorry that you've been a contractor since you got out of high school, but I mean, you have a nice paying job with this company that's not going to hire you unless you work at it. And so that's what you think happened to your brother? I do, yes. I think he couldn't handle not having the the group and went back to his old smoking pot, doing drugs, and just couldn't cope with who he had diverted back to after, you know, spending his time with. You know, it's funny that you say that because I completely agree with you, man. I think, I mean, I don't know where I would be at had I not had a camaraderie or a feeling of camaraderie when I got out. Because when I got out, dude, I went straight into getting, uh, straight back into working as a private contractor in 
built on base, man. You know, I'm I'm over here building torpedoes, and I'm surrounded by dudes that were in the Navy, still in the Navy, prior veterans, and there's that sense of camaraderie, bro. Like, it's it's a whole different world. And now here in Vegas, man, this look, I don't know, maybe other veterans have other experience, man, but here in Vegas, the camaraderie is few far in between and whenever you do find it you soak it up dude you soak it up like spongebob whenever he's super dried up and needs a dried sponge you just soak it all up dude and it's yeah (laughs) i need water For real, man, that's that's really what happens, man, and it and it's sad because Vegas doesn't have a strong veteran community. You have the typical, you have the standard stereotypical biker clubs, which no offense to them, they're great and cool and all, but like I don't own a bike, I don't own I don't own a motorcycle. And I'm also not a Vietnam War vet. I'm not a Korean War vet. So it's not like I can hang out with all the old timers, right? And it's, it's just, it's like if, if you don't own a bike or if you didn't, if you weren't an active duty during those war periods, it's really fucking hard to find camaraderie, which is why I'm so fucking thankful now that I work where I work at now which is at a VA office, man. And I'm able to just chill and shoot the shit with all of these veterans that come in and just, I, I, I'm literally soaking up that camaraderie. And I, and I feel, I wouldn't say that I feel like I'm at home now, but I feel like a sense of peace. Because I'm surrounded by fellow veterans, bro. This is the community that you belong to. Yeah. I respect it. I'm happy that you got that. Not a lot of people want to get out of the aircraft. And then I walk through and I know it sucks. Mm-hmm. So now, Matthew... As far as being a sad dad goes, would you consider yourself to be a sad dad? You said it best uh, with that story on your Instagram, the paradoxical like mindset. Like you want to be happy, but you're always just sad and you don't know why. It's one of those situations. Like I do want to be happy. I do want to be everything I possibly can be for my family, you know, especially less angry, but I don't know what it is, man. For some days, yes, absolutely. Like, you don't provide enough, you don't do enough, you don't help out enough, like, things aren't always as easy as they seem to be. And... Who do you talk to about those kinds of things, man? Thankfully, my wife. Thank God. 
but does that work for you because for me on i can't speak for you but for me like it's not it's not enough to just talk about my feelings like i, I feel like i have to do something but is that enough for you is it enough for you to just talk or do you feel like there's do you feel like that's not enough to just talk so there are times that you know whenever there's situations that do come up and i you know the people that i have i i play a lot of video games and i have a group of friends that i usually play games with from like the end of the night up into you know bedtime and that group of friends keeps me fucking keeps me sane keeps me going okay okay so you do have an outlet then and that's good man you have an outlet bro whatever that looks like that is your outlet brother what kind of games do you play bouncing back and forth between different games so right now playing the finals playing overwatch and fortnite uh rocket league battlefield it just varies really uh it's what the boys want to play and we'll sit there and have a good time shoot the shit all of Wait, hold on hold on hold on hold on are we are we pc or console i i got a gaming laptop but i mainly play on my ps5 okay 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 i was about to say i, I kick your ass in fortnite homie <laughs> probably i fucking suck at shooters i don't even know why the fuck you play games with me i'm dog shit at fucking shooters <laughs> but they want to play. And my best friend, fucking Dan, the man, he's always fucking carrying my ass in these fucking games. And, you know, he always says in the end, it's not about how we do, it's about us having fun. And that's what it is. It's always, I don't care. I'm having a good time. I, you're not here physically, but, you know, you're my best friend and I get to fucking still talk to you, shoot the shit with you, you know, X, Y, and Z. That's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Dan? Like, no, I don't think I. I don't think I have, but I'd, I'd love to meet the guy. Yeah, the only sad thing is he's all the way down in Georgia, but he's fucking killing it. Oh, oh shit, he's all the way down there, damn. Yeah, he's going to college. He's fucking. He did stellar. Well, Dan, if you ever listen to this podcast episode, you are the man, brother. Hey man, so so there is one thing um that you did kind of touch up on. Um he's always carrying you in the games, right? And I think it's really important to know that it's it's for everyone out there, it's okay to be carried. You know, not just in video games, but in real life too. I know that there's a lot of situations where as a dad as a paternal figure, really, let's just let's just leave it at that. As a paternal figure, you need to be carried sometimes, man, because it's it's a lot to deal with, and it's hard to relate sometimes when we don't open up. If I don't open up with you, Matthew, how are you expected to relate to me or to understand me, right? If I don't open up. And I think that's the part that is really difficult for a lot of men of our generation where 
it's it's difficult for us to do that first act of opening up. Hey man, I'm down today. Um, this happened, this happened, this happened. Uh, I'm feeling like shit, man. You got any advice for me, bro? Or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it, I think it's important that 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 we're all okay with getting carried because sometimes we really do need it and i know that i can't speak on your behalf but on my behalf i i wouldn't be here had i not opened up several times in my own life i can understand that and i do respect it you're not wrong our generation maybe it was just the way that we were treated in the 80s as well, but still you get over it. You'll be fine. Like, no one wants to listen to you anymore else. They always just want to say, no, you'll get over it. Like, you need to toughen up or some shit like that. There's always like, well, fuck, I'm not asking for everything. I'm just asking for something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Matthew, do you have anything else that you'd like to share, brother? Not on this one. I think we can deep dive into some other things at another time. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No worries. No worries. All right, then, everyone. Well, this is as far as we go on episode four. Matthew, it was a fucking pleasure to have you on today's episode, man. It means a lot to me. And I just want you to know that, first and foremost, A, I'm really fucking sorry about your brother, man. I can't even begin to imagine how that must have felt. I I had no idea, you know. I had, I had no idea that that was something that happened to you. And secondly, you're not alone, bro. You know... You having raised cerebellum the way you did while you were in the Navy, I went through the same thing with my daughter. You raising your son outside the Navy and being able to be home, I did the same thing with my son. And the guilt and the shame, it's there, man. It is fucking there, and it, it's, it, it feels at times like it's eating you alive. And it fucking sucks, man. And I just want you to know that you are not alone, bro. Alright then, well, to 